Jesus. Everything that you require to be made whole is in Jesus. Come on, lift your hand and your voice and just begin to acknowledge Jesus as your source. Jesus as your providers. Jesus as the perfecter of everything that concerns you. Lord Jesus, we acknowledge you as our everything. We acknowledge you as our redeemer. We acknowledge you as our Lord. Thank you that in you we live, move, and have our being. Through your unconditional love, you have redeemed us to the Father and reconciled us to his love. We thank you that in all things you are good and your goodness continues to run after us. That regardless of our circumstances, your goodness pursues us. We thank you even now that the breath that we are breathing is a sign of your goodness, is a testimony of your goodness, is a testimony of your love. Thank you, Lord, that it is because of you who made a way that we are standing here right now. Receive our worship today. Receive all our praise. We give you thanks and we honor you because you are a faithful God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen praise be to god you can take your seats in the presence of the lord thank you so much choir and a warm welcome to you today for having made it to church go ahead and say hi to your neighbor wave at them give them a masked up smile and somehow let them see that you're smiling we want to welcome everybody that is joining us online would you join me to welcome everybody that is online uh, from wherever they are joining us from. We welcome you to this service. A few quick announcements uh, before we go into God's Word. We will be having the Christmas service this Friday on the 25th of uh, December. So Friday... Uh, Christmas service is starting at nine hours. Make sure that you are church at nine hours for the Christmas service. And then on the 27th, which is this coming Sunday, we'll have our Thanksgiving Sunday. It's the last Sunday of the year. And what a time and a year to be grateful to God for having kept us alive, for having seen us through the entire year and has brought us this far. How many are grateful to God for having brought them this far? So if you are really, truly grateful, we want you to package something this Sunday and come rejoicing as we give thanks to God and celebrate God for the victory that he has given us in 2020. On the 31st of December, we will have the crossover night uh, right here at church. It will be starting at 22 hours. So we will have an adapted version of the crossover because we are still uh, complying with the public health guidelines. Uh, we will still do an abridged version of the crossover night, uh, which will start at 22 hours and will go all the way to zero one. So we'll be here at 22 hours and our Father in the Lord will release a word to us that I believe is a word we need for 2021 and immediately after that, we will be released to be able to go out. And the tickets for the crossover night are being sold at 50 Kwacha. 
and we'll still be able to observe the social distancing uh, regulations that are in place. So you can get your tickets, uh, I think, at the bookshop starting this coming Sunday. This afternoon at 16 hours, we'll be having the last session of the Jesus Revolution Global Youth Summit 2020. How many can testify that they have been blessed during this season? What an awesome time, what an awesome uh, experience in God's presence. So at 16 hours, we'll have the very final session and our Father in the Lord, the General Overseer, will be coming to minister to us and release a blessing over us as we close the service. If you're clapping, go ahead and clap to the Lord for that. So make sure you are here to be part of what our Father in the Lord will be releasing and commissioning us into. And during that same service, we will also be having the graduation of the teens church into the youth ministry. So we have 200 teens graduating to the youth ministry and our Father and the Lord will be doing that uh, this afternoon at 16 hours. You look like you want to celebrate, but you are not sure. So I, I'll just stand still and give you a minute to do that. All right, so all the teens that are graduating, we look forward to welcoming you at 16 hours into the youth ministry. Ecclesiastes chapter number 7, verse 8. Ecclesiastes 7, and we'll read verse 8. The Bible says, from the New King James Version, the end of a thing is better than its beginning. The patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. The end of a thing is better than its beginning. The patient in spirit is out in spirit. Let's go now to our theme verse for this year. Hebrews chapter number 6 verse 12. Our theme verse for 2020 is Hebrews chapter number 6 verse 12. But I want us to read from verse 11 and then we go to 12. The Bible says, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, or other version says that you do not become lazy, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God or the promises thereof. I want to share this morning or this afternoon on a subject, lessons from 2020. Lessons from 2020. And I believe that as we come towards the end of the year, it is important for us to take a moment and reflect on some of the key lessons that we can draw from the year 2020. The year 2020 has been such an unprecedented year in various ways and for various reasons. And every one of us has got their own fair share of what they can attribute to as their experience of the year 2020. Some of us, we have really endured and persevered throughout the year. And yet still, there are others that will tell you 
that this has been one of the best years of their life. Whichever way that you could be experiencing 2020 or looking at it, one of the things that is important for us to realize is that in every season that we go through, there are lessons. Every season that we go through, there are lessons. And one of the most tragic things that can happen to, human, to humanity, or one of the tragic things that can happen to you, is to go through a season and miss to collect the lessons of the season. Because the lessons of every season are relevant for your next season. I can tell you right now, you are going through a season. And the season that you are going through is releasing to you certain fundamental lessons that you need to draw from and be able to hold true because for the next season that is about to open in your life, you will need the lessons. So I pray right now that whatever you need to learn in 2020, you must learn because you need it for 2021. You cannot go through a season and not get the lessons that are required for you to get out of that season and expect to become better or to do better in the season ahead of you. Now, it is important to mention here that drawing lessons from a season requires that you are deliberate about it because it is possible that people can go through the same thing and respond to it differently based on what it has taught them. I can tell you there are people who have gone through breakups and have not behaved the way some people behave when they go through breakups. And yet still, there are people who, one of the things I do is sit down with people and cancel relationships. It's almost like one of the major full-time jobs of being a youth pastor. You have to cancel people in relationships. And sometimes, I will sit in the office, and this person will come, and they'll tell you, we are having problems in our relationships, in our relationship. And we have come to a point where we have realized that this thing can't work. It can't go any further. We have to break up. And you will do everything that a good pastor is supposed to do. But there comes a time when indeed the only option is to allow the people to break up. It is for their own good and for the good of the church because there will be peace in the church. But then one of the things that interests me is that you will have somebody break up from a relationship. And the reason why they're breaking up is, okay, there is this, there is that, there is that. And they go their way. Six months down the line, they tell you they're in another relationship. After seven months of dating, the number of completion, they'll come again and say, Pastor, this one is not working. And they'll make it prophetic. No, I believe uh, seven months is the number of completion. I need to let go of this one as I get ready for the eighth month because the eighth month is a month of new beginnings. But what always disheartens me is to see people go through the same problem and not learn the lessons. And I can tell you there are a lot of people like that who go through the things, 
but they are not learning the lessons that the seasons are teaching them. And that is why I say one of the most tragic things that can happen for a person is to go through a season and not learn what must be learned. Because I can tell you, if you are paying attention to what you are going through right now, you will not suffer that problem again. If you are paying attention to your current season of financial lack, for example, if you really pay attention to the lessons you must learn concerning finances in this season of financial lack, you can never be broke again. If you are really paying attention to the season you are in, there is a better future for you. There is a better hope for you. And unfortunately, not everybody goes through seasons and learns what they have to learn. I pray that you will learn every lesson for 2020 that you need for your future in the name of Jesus. So let's look at five things that I believe are important things that we must not forget about 2020. Five fundamental lessons from 2020 that no matter what we go through in life, we must still be able to hold these very true and dear to us. And as I share this, I can tell you there are so many more lessons. Five is not the exhaustive list. I just picked some of the things that the Spirit laid upon me as critical things. But every one of us, if you were given an opportunity right now to list down things you have learned in 2020, you probably needed two hardcover books to finish. But let's deal with five of them. Number one is the understanding and the recognition that God is sovereign and owns everything, including you. God is sovereign and owns everything, including you. The Bible says in Psalm 24 verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and, and the fullness thereof. For he has founded it upon the sea and, you know, it goes on and on. But one of the first things there that it acknowledges is that the earth is the Lord's and everything that is in it. And it is important because sometimes we get familiar with the things that are important in life. We can have it at the back of our mind that God is sovereign, but our actions may not be saying so. We can read the Bible and know that God is sovereign, but our decision-making is not saying so. How many of us can acknowledge that there have been moments when we have made decisions without acknowledging the sovereignty of God in it? How many of us right now would say there are things that you believe should really happen the way you want them to happen, and you probably haven't even taken time to consult God and ask him, what is your will in this matter? When you come to the realization, beloved, that God is sovereign, it will help you to respond to things of life better. You will go through seasons of life with the maturity of life in how you respond to them because you know that above everything else, above all that you expect, above all that you wish things could be, God is supreme and holds the absolute right to cause things to be the way he wants them to be according to his will. And there is a place we cannot even question him. He is God. The I am that I am. 
We have no idea why he allowed coronavirus to manifest in 2020. But we know he is God. And we trust he is a good God. So regardless of what you go through, regardless of the experiences that you encounter in life, when you have an understanding in a very fundamental way that God is sovereign, there are certain things that you will not bother yourself, you know, fighting about being emotional about, uh, you know, getting upset about, getting angry about, going through life bitter because you have acknowledged that God is sovereign and he owns everything. And this is an important lesson for us to learn as believers. One of the things or one of the names we call God or Jesus is Lord. And sometimes we use these words and just throw them out without understanding what does it mean. What does calling Jesus Lord mean? Lord means that he owns you. And if God owns you, it means that everything about your life is in his hands. And he's the one in charge and responsible of everything. The reason why you call the person you rent from landlord is to remind you that the house you are living in is not yours. So the next time you are trying to uh, think about renovating it, you have to call the owner and say there is this problem. When the roof starts leaking, you have the landlord's number there. Because you pay rent, they are called landlord or landlady, whatever it is. Not the one you watch. Landlady meets landlord. But you see, the important thing there is that if you really truly call God Lord, he must own you. There is no way you can be coming here lifting up your hands and saying, Lord, but you are making decisions on your own. There is no way you can come here and say, I give myself away. For five minutes, you give yourself away. The moment the song finishes, I pick myself again. And you go your way. So you only give yourself away during the song. After the song is done, you are on your own. My life is not my own. The moment the song finishes, my life is my own. It sounds funny, but that is the way a lot of believers behave. That we say these things out of lip service. Lord, you are my Lord. I pray that the next time you say Lord, you will really mean that he owns you. And because God owns you, you will live your life at rest, knowing that he's in charge, he's responsible, and has the best interest for you. Because he lives, you can face tomorrow. In him you live, move, and have your being. Everything that concerns you is already taken care of in him. And it will help you to live a less frustrated life. Because a lot of us, why we live frustrated lives is because we are trying to figure things on our own. We are living in a world that teaches strategic planning. So we are told you have to have a strategy. You have to, you have, to have a life strategic plan. You, you come to inspire dreams and hear Pastor Ben teach about life strategic plan and you believe if I can just write a strategic plan down, I know. Let me tell you something. There is a place for a strategy but there is a place where you must submit everything and just say, Lord, you know it all. 
I have no idea where I am going. I don't even know how to make sense of what is going on. I cannot start writing down using my human intellect to determine what the future looks like because the future is held in his hands. It is not on your life plan. Saying that does not mean you shouldn't plan your life. No, Pastor Ben said, no planning. So when she asks you, when are we getting married? No, Pastor Ben said, no planning. But what I'm saying is, we must not let the way the world has programmed us about strategic planning take away the place of our total dependence on God and acknowledge his sovereignty, his lordship over us, that concerning your today, he is sovereign. Concerning your tomorrow, he is sovereign. And his supremacy causes him to bring forth things the way he desires according to his will. Everybody was coming into 2020 with plans. We all had plans. The most powerful of men and women on, in the world had plans. When corona hit, it proved to us that even the most powerful leaders of the world have no answer to some of the problems of the world. That there is no one who has absolute control of what can happen to the world. It brought us to a realization that all of us are only but people in the palms of a loving father. And we must walk our life with that acknowledgement. Because there is a tendency to want to be in charge of your life. I want things to go this way. I want, by 30, I must have done this. I should have built my house by this time. And if you don't build your house by 31, you are depressed. But if you know that God is sovereign, you will know that you may not build your house at 31. But by the time you are 41, you will have 31 houses. So instead of being bothered about useless mathematics by 31, no, just believe that God has the best interest for you. That you did not graduate in 2020 does not mean you will never wear a graduation gown. It just means that you have more graduation gowns to wear in 2021, 22, 23, 24. The ones who were in 2020 only wore one, but you wear for the masters, you wear for the doctorate, and the other doctorate, and the PhD, and the other PhD, until we can't count and can't keep track of you. So stop bothering yourself about things that you have been programmed to believe you are in charge of your life. Let me tell you, you are not in charge. Can I add to that? You don't know anything. God knows it all. We thought when we enter 2020, we are going to unleash our projects. We are going to start launching out into things that we had planned. But God proved us differently. God made us realize that a critical lesson we must learn is that God is sovereign and owns everything, including you. Lesson number two. God is always in control. God is always in control. It's another important lesson to learn that no matter what we go through in life, God is always in control. 
We may go through the most tough seasons. We may go through the most challenging seasons. But if we really can pick lessons from 2020, it is to know that God is in control. And how do we know that God is in control? Because no matter how bad the year was, you are still here. You have still made it this far. It is a testimony of the fact that God has been in control over your life. If you believe it, give the Lord the best praise for having been in control of your life. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. Verse 7 says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Beloved, the Lord has been with you. Many have suffered things that have caused them to lose their very life. God preserved you. God caused you to still remain where you are today. And if this was meant to kill people, it would have wiped everybody out. We've heard so many times how that one of the things that was being projected was that the developing countries are the ones that were going to be hit the most by the pandemic. And experts in their own rights and wisdom projected that there will be bodies all over the streets of Africa. But one thing they didn't know is that God is in control. God stood in control over Africa. That the very place that they despised, God proved himself strong there. And so no matter what you go through in life, the fact that you've survived 2020, may you know for sure that God will always be in control of your life. It says when you go through fire, he will be with you. When you go through deep waters, he is with you. I pray that the Lord will strengthen you. That in whatever season of your life you may go through, you will remain steadfast to know that he is in control. And right now, whatever situation you are going through that is burdening you, I declare over your life, God is in control. He's bringing you out of that situation stronger. He's bringing you out of that situation better in the name of Jesus. Beloved, rest assured, God is in control. Don't be moved by the circumstances of life. Don't be moved by things that are temporary, things that are only bad for a season. Focus on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Third lesson from 2020 is that we must maximize today. We must maximize today. Ecclesiastes says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might because there is no working when we die or there's no working uh, when we go to the grave. If there is any year that has taught us to maximize today, it is 2020. Because how many of us had plans for 2020 that we haven't still executed today because things turned around completely unprecedented from how we had expected them to be. There is a tendency for us as human beings to become familiar with the gift of life and the moment that God has accorded to us and we take advantage of that to procrastinate to do today what must be done today. And so we live our life thinking, I will do it tomorrow. I will do it the next day. 
And that is why it is important sometimes to go back to the fundamentals of some of the Christian language that we used to use those days. You know, our forefathers, particularly, you hear them when, we're, when they're talking about perhaps having an appointment, they'll always start by saying, God willing, we'll see you tomorrow. God willing, we'll come and do this. Nowadays, you don't hear that kind of language. You just say, I'll send you my pin and location. That is the, because we feel we, we, we are entitled to this thing, we will always have it. But may I remind you, that your life is in the hands of the maker. And the best time you have to do what you must do is today. The best moment that you must do, or the best moment that you must maximize, is what you have right now. You can't postpone what you must do today on the basis that you behave as if you are in charge of how tomorrow will look like. Live your best life every day. Wake up every day knowing this is what you have. Yes, because he lives, you will face tomorrow. But before you face tomorrow, you have today. And if you can do anything that is valuable and important, do it today. Maximize the moment that you have right now. I remember when I was going back to study for my MBA recently, we had a struggle at some point. Uh, with my wife to determine the timing for when that should be done because I was feeling I needed to do that but then we we're looking at all the other things that we we're doing some of the other projects that we we're looking to launch out into and we felt at some point maybe we should you know postpone it to another year and then focus on these things but when we prayerfully thought through it I got a sense that it was the right time to do it and so I went and enrolled and started doing that and I was very surprised when I realized that I finished doing that in 2019 and immediately we went into 2020 and COVID happened. And I just thought, if I had postponed, I would have missed another year and then had to reapply and do it the following year. But because I was sensitive to know that the timing was that moment I was in, I launched out and did what had to be done then. May the grace of God come upon you and cause you to launch out and do what you must do today to encounter your victory in the name of Jesus. You will not wait and delay your plans. You will not wait and postpone your vision. That which God has laid upon your heart, step out and begin to manifest it in the name of Jesus. Lesson number four is to understand that not everything that keeps us busy is important for destiny. Not everything that keeps us busy is important for destiny. One of the things that 2020 revealed to us was the very fact that things can be done differently. Things can be done more effectively. Things can be done more economically. Things can be done in a more streamlined way. But before that experience, we took everything for granted. We believed for you to work, you have to go to an office and show that you have showed up for work. That is how you work. But then we realized you can be at home and still work. We believed that to buy things or to have a business, you have to have a shop and build something, rent somewhere and display your materials there. But we realized that you can have no physical space 
and put all your materials online and someone will follow you and buy from you. But more importantly, a lot of people will tell you how that spending time at home, for example, made them realize how much they were not paying attention to their family members and their loved ones. And yet, when all is said and done, the people that are immediate in your life are the ones that matter the most. People were living such busy lives. You leave home at 6, go for work, knock off from work at 17, you have a program in the evening, you're going somewhere, you're coming back home at 20 hours, you're tired, you immediately eat, go and sleep, wake up the following morning, it's the same routine. And by the time you realize it, things right under your nose are happening within your family, with your children, with your siblings, with the people around you, your parents, and you're not paying attention and understanding that there are things that are closest to you that must be valued more than the things that are furthest to you. And 2019 helped us to come to that realization that sometimes we're spending so much time and attention on things that are far away at the expense of the things that are already close to us. And it helped us to begin to understand the need to reprioritize our life. That some of the places we have been going to, we didn't necessarily have to go there. That some of the activities we have been involved in, we didn't necessarily have to be involved in them. And so if there is a lesson to pick from 2020, and I've said this before, live a prioritized life. Paul says everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. You can be busy with so many things, but none of them are leading you to your destiny. You can be involved in so many activities, but not all of them are relevant for making you arrive at your place of destiny as God desires for you. So as you draw lessons from 2020, you have to ask yourself, how have I been investing my life? Where are the places I have been wasting the very life that God has given me? And perhaps as one of the lessons of maturity out of 2020 is to be able to recognize that for everything I do, I have to be intentional. For every place I go to, I have to be intentional. For every program I am involved in, I have to be intentional. Place de deserving value on the things that are truly important. We have to really learn that lesson. That from 2020 moving forward, we must place deserving value on the things that are truly important. I have shared several times the need to understand that life is like an account balance. You have, the Bible says, your number of days shall be 70 and due to strength 80. What that means is that when you begin life, you have an account balance. Let's say 70 years, 80 years. The point to understand is that with every breath that you take and every time that passes, there is a deduction from your account balance. When you finish today, your account balance will be one day less. You have spent one day from your account balance. 
By the time you finish this week, your account balance will be one week less. You have spent one week from your account balance. Before you know it, you one day try to leave, and then it will say your account balance is zero. That is the day everyone dies. The question is, what are you doing in as far as value is concerned with every one of those times that you are drawing out of your account balance? Are the things you are investing yourself in worth of the time that you are giving out of yourself? Because time, in essence, is equivalent to life. The ultimate measure of time is life. What you give out as time cannot be replaced, cannot be given to somebody else. Right now, you are only in church because that's all you can afford to be in church. You can't be anywhere else but be in one place. You can't invest your time in multiple places at the same time. So you chose right now to be in church. After now, you're going to decide where the next two hours of your life, for example, are going to be spent or invested. For every one of the times that you release out of your life and give away, there must be a justification for value. Sister Florence does cakes, cake towers. She will tell you, when she bakes a cake for you, it is, whether it is, what is it, a round or what shapes are there nowadays? Because they are confusing. I see PJ masks. I see all those things there. But let's say you have a, 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 a round cake. You have the whole cake to yourself. It's given to you as a present. But the moment you start eating from it, you cut a piece and eat it. Or you cut a piece and give to someone else to enjoy the cake with you. As you continue doing that, there's going to come a time when a quarter of the whole cake is out. You will continue doing that. Before you realize it, half of the cake is out. Before you realize it, you're only remaining with the quarter of the cake. And before you know it, there is only one piece. Your time here on earth is done. Your life and the time allocation is like that cake. Every one of the moments that you take out to do something is a piece of cake that you are cutting out and giving it to the things that you are giving it out to. My question to you, are the things you are cutting out your piece of cake and giving to deserving of your value and time? Because when you really think about it, some of those things are not deserving. Some of those things are not important. So you are busy giving out your pieces of cake of the amount of time that is allocated to you that you should invest wisely. And before you know it, you've run out completely. My prayer for you, may God give you wisdom to maximize every one of the time that you have here on earth. That you will invest it where it matters and reap the most benefit and value with every one of your time. You cannot afford to waste time any further. You cannot afford to waste time any longer. Maximize what you have right now and live a prioritized life. Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial.
From today, you will choose better where you go. From today, you will choose better who to be with. From today, you will choose better when to speak, who to speak to, how to walk and who to walk with in the name of Jesus. And that is why we say you don't spend time but invest it. Because if you really are intentional about time, you don't spend it, you invest it. Right now, this is all the time I have. And what I'm doing is an investment in your destiny, an investment in your life. I could have used this time to be somewhere else. I could have used it to be speaking to somebody else. But the fact that this one moment that I have, I am spending it on you, it is not actually spending, but an investment which will give back value of somebody whose destiny will manifest better. So you need to choose that for everywhere you place or invest your time, it must be an investment. The benefit may not be directly to you. It could be a, a reward or a benefit for the person that you are investing time in. But the principle is that you are investing time. The last lesson for 2020 is that don't take life for granted. Live responsibly. Don't take life for granted. Live responsibly. I could go on and on to draw lessons from the year 2020 and all the things that it has taught us. But I think one of the best ways to summarize it is exactly to say, don't take life for granted. Leave it responsibly. In so many ways. Because the other Sunday I was teaching you about fixing little things, for example, fixing little foxes. And I told you how that as human beings, we have a tendency sometimes not to be very committed to fixing small problems, small broken things in our lives, around us. Because we become familiar, we get used to them. There's a broken door in the house, you will not fix it. You just find a MacGyver way of closing the door. There's a broken sink or something tap in the house, you will not fix it. You will get mad again and find a way of just you know, doing that. I'm not talking about you, not your neighbor. They are not here, the ones that use money again. But if you really were serious with life, the moment something breaks down in your life, you'll find a way of fixing it. You'll commit to getting it fixed in the most effective and sustainable way. But sometimes we let these small things go on and on, and before we know it, they've accumulated and become the very things that destroy us and lead to our destruction. Don't take your life for granted. You have to live it responsibly. Live it with the fear of God. The Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. You need wisdom to live life. Life has got turns and curves. There are things you go through that are confusing. There are things that you go through that you have no idea what to do. If you submit yourself to the fear of God that leads to wisdom, you find that making destiny decisions becomes easy in your life and you make quality decisions concerning what God wants you to encounter and experience in your life. Live responsibly concerning your health. If there is any lesson from 2020, it is to value our health. Imagine some of you are in your 30s, 20s. You are only being taught how to wash your hands in 2020. 
There are all kinds of adverts trying to teach you how to wash your hands. Just the basic hygiene, washing hands, it had to take all these years. Thanks to coronavirus, you now know how to wash your hands. But you see, the basics of life are basics. They are there. There are things we must not take for granted. So take care of your health. We know that what goes in has impact on what becomes, what comes out. You cannot, certain things you are suffering in your health, in your body, you just need to be responsible with how you eat, what you eat, even who you eat with. Because sometimes the problem is not the food, it is who you are eating it with. Eat jamandi, eat ya. Eat ya chimubabe, eat ya, eat ya, eat ya. Before you know it, you've gained all these kilos. And you are now trying to blame the devil. No, the devil is after my destiny. Ah, ah. It's the person you have been eating with. Running is free. You can wake up in the morning or in the evening and run. You don't even have to pay for gym membership. Just run. Wake up and run. Amen? Ladies, amen? Sisters, amen? Brothers, amen? Yes. Because sometimes we are naive and think that, no, we are young, we are youths, we are naturally healthy. The decisions that you make or don't make today, you have to deal with the consequences in your 60s, in your 50s. So the fact that something pops up when you are 50 years does not mean that it just came from nowhere. It is a testimony of what you neglected to do when you are 31. So don't be naive to think you are too young to take care of your health. You must live right now. Do what must be done to take care of yourself. Live responsibly in your health. Live responsibly in your spiritual life. Live responsibly financially. You can't be making all bad decisions concerning your finances. If we were to write a book about bad financial decisions, you are the model. We can just literally use you as a case study how to make bad financial decisions. This one. You have to be responsible with your finances. You can't make decisions to buy things with money you don't have yet. You just decide, this thing is nice, I want it, I am going to buy. You borrow, you are in debt. And you call yourself Holy Ghost-filled believer. There are certain things, and I'm saying this with an understanding of wisdom, that there will be times when things will be hard in our lives, and we have to borrow, for example. But even borrowing must be done responsibly. I have borrowed before. But the point is, it must be done out of responsibility. The fact that there is Syriza, you can't just be always getting talk time. Even when you have nothing to do with it, at least if you get Syriza, get it so that you can call someone who is going to give you a business contract. Not now, you are even changing SIM cards. The pastor is trying to call you, your phone is off. Ah, your phone was off. 
Where did you go outside coverage area? Ah, uh, no, pastor, I was using my other SIM card. Why? But they're, they're both the same network. Ah, uh, no, the other one, there's some Kangongole somewhere, pastor. As far as every aspect of your life is concerned, you must be responsible. Live responsibly concerning your relationships. Who you allow in of your life, who you bring closer to your life. As I bring this to a close, I came this afternoon to just share that wisdom and help you understand that we're coming to the end of the year. But before this year ends, you will do well to sit down and reflect over your life, everything that you have gone through this year, everything that you have experienced this year, everything that you've encountered this year. Take a pen, a paper, your tablet, your phone, wherever you write. And begin to list down what are the things that I have learned in 2020 that must mature me and prepare me for the next season. Because like I said, one of the most tragic things that can never happen to a people is to go through a season and not learn the lessons of the season. Because the lessons of today's season are relevant for the season you're going into next. So you have to be deliberate and intentional. Don't just convince yourself, mm, but napunzi na mwandi. No, write down. Take stock of what is it that I have actually learned. How have, how have I matured? How have I grown in 2020? Who have I become? You need to be aware of who you are becoming. Because I can tell you, you are becoming someone. But sometimes we are not aware of who we are becoming. If you're not aware of who you're becoming, you may not know you are becoming a bitter person. If you're not conscious about who you are becoming, you may not realize it, you're becoming a jealousy person. You're becoming a lazy person. You're becoming a complacent person. So it is important to take stock and do an audit of your life. What are the lessons I am learning from 2020? If you feel lazy to write, you feel, ah, me learning things from 2020, nah, no, nothing. Just go to Pastor Jonathan's Facebook and begin to read lessons from the ant. At least you've done something productive. And it will tell you, one of the things is not to be lazy. So it will force you to write what must be written. Could you lift your right hand right now? Pray after me and say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the lessons of 2020 say heavenly father by your spirit cause me to maximize these lessons to mature me for my next season say in the name of jesus i declare that i'll maximize the lessons from 2020 to become better could you stand on your feet and we'll begin to pray and wrap up. Father, we give you thanks and honor you for the year 2020. We thank you, Lord, for what an unprecedented year it has been. Thank you that through all seasons you are still good. Thank you, Lord, that in the season of victory through perseverance, we have encountered so many life experiences as individuals, as a church, as a nation, 
and globally that are important to bring us to the realization and remembrance of the fundamentals of life. We pray this afternoon and acknowledge that, Lord, you are sovereign, that you own everything, including our very life. Forgive us, Lord, for when we have made it look like we are in charge. Forgive us, Lord, for when we have made it look like we can do it in our own strength and power. Father, this afternoon we bring repentance and ask that you may have mercy on us and forgive us for any time we have tried to do things in our own way. From today we acknowledge, Father, that your sovereignty rules supreme, that you hold the ultimate power to cause all things to become according to how you will. Thank you, Father, that you are in control of everything that concerns us, that you are our shepherd who leads us into paths of righteousness. Thank you that though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with us. Father, we pray this afternoon, may you teach us to maximize the day we have today, that we will not be procrastinators, that we will not postpone or delay that which must be done today, that which must be manifested today. Father, we pray that you give us the wisdom to do what we must do today and maximize our lives. We pray, Father, that may there be grace upon us to live a prioritized life, to recognize that not everything that is keeping us busy is important to helping us arrive at our destiny. Help us, Lord, to place value where it is most deserving. Help us to truly invest ourselves in what is important. Father, by your Spirit, help us to be intentional with everything that we do. Could you just begin to pray in your own ways now? As the Lord leads you concerning 2020, I don't know what you have learned at a personal level, but I want you to begin to pray right now that the Lord will help you not to lose the lessons of your experience. Begin to pray that the Lord will help you to utilize the value of the lessons from the season you have been through. It says the end of a thing is better than the beginning. Listen, one of the things that scripture means is that no matter how much things may be bad or may be difficult in a particular season or year, one of the things that makes it better at the end is because at the end there are always lessons to learn. There's always some value you can draw. No matter how tough a season could have been, no matter how challenging your experience could be, by the time it ends, there are always lessons. Those lessons are a reward of benefit for you that you must carry, collect, and use take you and usher you into your next season. End of a matter is better than the beginning. As we come to the end of 2020, it is better because you are coming out of 2020 wiser. You are coming out of 2020 stronger. You are coming out of 2020 more mature, with better understanding, with better gratitude of the things of life. That is one way that makes the end better. Begin to pray that the Lord will help you to maximize every lesson from the year 2020, to become a better person, to become a stronger person, to become a wiser person, to become a more understanding person of the things of life. 
pray that none of the lessons that you must learn from 2020 will be robbed from you. You will utilize every one of them to begin to understand and walk through life much more wiser. For some of us, it is those very lessons that we need right now to begin to make decisions about our 2021. That based on what we have learned in 2020, we will be wiser in 2021. We will do better concerning our business, concerning our finances, concerning our relationships. The lessons we have learned in 2020 should make us better and stronger for the year ahead. Shakaya Lababos, Shelemanda Larabashatai, Hele Rabashanda Larababos. Let's go. Sharabashere de Bos, Kararabashere de Bos. God, we look to you. Give us wisdom to know just what we need to do. I need you to lift your hands and begin to sing that song as a prayer that the Lord will give you wisdom. Some of you need to pray this with every passion in you that the Lord will endure you with wisdom to know what you need to do. 2020 has been confusing for you, but as we get ready, to go into the season of victory. As your season begins to manifest, the season of victory begins to manifest. Let the Lord give you wisdom to know what you need to do. Whatever you do, lift your hands. If you want to be at the altar, just begin to pray for wisdom. Begin to pray that the Holy Spirit will pour afresh wisdom upon you right now to be able to make wise decisions over your destiny. Yes, Lord. To see things like yes. you do, God, I look to this you. This could be the one major prayer you need to pray right now. If you can pray, the Lord will show Give you the way. Wisdom. The Lord will cause you to have understanding. You know just what to do, God, I look. God, I look to you. You do things like you God I look to you You were my help comes from Give me wisdom For you know just what to do Just what to I will love you and I will love you Pray. 